0: Everyone, Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and those tunes, well, you know, those are always courtesy of the lovely Bobby Mackey. The last two weeks, you got to hear about some pretty special doppelganger cases, and some of you may consider this episode part three, if you will, as I will be discussing another doppelganger case. But, oh, you guys, there is so much more to this one. It's actually my favorite Double Walker case. It has to do with a president of the United States. The 16th president to be exact. That's right, you guys. Abraham Lincoln. Good old Honest Abe. White House seances. Close deaths. Assassination. Hauntings. A doppelganger encounter. And deadly premonitions. It happens right now. (music) Honest Abe. He led the nation through one of the bloodiest of wars, the American Civil War. Abe and his wife, Mary, endured major heartbreak. They had four children but only one would live to see adulthood. That is their firstborn, Robert Todd Lincoln, who not only got to grow into mature years, but also became the 35th United States Secretary of War. The Lincolns secondborn, Edward Baker Lincoln, lovingly known as Eddie, died in 1850 at the tender age of three years old, or three years young. It is believed that he died from medullary thyroid cancer. This, of course, left the family heartbroken and devastated to say the least. And I mean, rightfully so, right? Their baby boy is dead. And how the hell can this be? How can life be so cruel to deal the Lincoln family such a harsh hand, three years old? A few days after his untimely death, a poem titled Little Eddie was published in the Illinois Daily Journal, Quote, Those midnight stars are sadly dimmed, that late so brilliantly shone, And the crimson tinge from cheek and lip, with the heart's warm life has flown. The angel death was hovering nigh, and the lovely boy was called to die. The silken waves of his glossy hair lie still over his marble brow And the pallid lip and pearly cheek, the presence of death avow Pure little bud in kindness given, in mercy taken to bloom in heaven happier far as the angel child with the harp and the crown of gold, who warbles now at the Savior's feet the glories to us untold Eddie, meet blossom of heavenly love dwells in the spirit ruled above angel boy fare thee well farewell, sweet Eddie, we bid thee adieu affections well cannot reach thee now deep Though it be and true, bright is the home to him now given, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. To this day, the author of this beautiful poem is unknown, or I couldn't find it anyways. Many believe it to have been written by none other than the grieving parents, Abe and Mary. Less than a year after sweet baby Eddie's death, their third child was born. William Wallace Lincoln, affectionately called Willie. He would be the next child to die of the Lincoln family. Willie became ill in early 1862. At this point, Mary and Abe had birthed four children, the youngest being Thomas Tad Lincoln. They called him Tad because... They described him as being like a little tadpole, just always running everywhere here and there and just everywhere. So uh, both Willie and Tad had contracted typhoid fever. Willie was very sick, while Tad was sick, most definitely, but not as bad off as his brother Willie. Well, poor Willie succumbed to the disease not too long afterwards at the young age of 11. First Eddie, and now Willie. Willie. Again, how can life be so damn cruel? The loss of two children published in a local newspaper one day after the untimely death of Willie reads, and I quote, his sickness, an intermittent fever, assuming a typhoid character has caused anxiety and alarm to his family and friends for a week past. The president has been by his side much of the time and scarcely taking rest for ten days past. Abe Lincoln said this of his dearly departed son. My poor boy. He was too good for this earth. God has called him home. I know that he is much better off in heaven. But then we loved him so much. It is hard, hard to have him die. Both parents were in shock. Rightfully so another child. Abe locked himself in a room and he wept and wept and wept. Mary remained in bed for three weeks, inconsolable, unable to even attend little Willie's funeral. Honest Abe found solace in taking care of Tad, who was still very sick from typhoid fever, the same thing that claimed Willie's life. It wasn't typhoid fever, however, that would claim Tad's life. Several years after his brother's death, tuberculosis got him at age 18. Funeral services were held at the only surviving Lincoln child's home. The only brother left, the only child left. His brother was transported via train to be buried, but again, Mary was too distraught to attend. Robert accompanied his brother's body on the train, never leaving the casket's side. So, after Willie's untimely death, Mary was inconsolable. She was desperately needing an outlet for her excruciating grief. And I mean, you know, this is the third child they've had to bury. I mean, that's rough. I can't even imagine. Not too long after the death, She was introduced to the Lorries, a very well-known group of mediums who were from Georgetown. Well, she starts participating in seances they conduct. She is enjoying the seances very, very much. So much so that she starts conducting her own seances in the Red Room of the White House. She so desperately wants to communicate with her late sons. She had several throughout their time in the White House. And while Abe wasn't present for each of them, he did participate in a handful of them. One seance proved to be pretty memorable for all involved when suddenly the piano in the room lifted up into the air and started moving about the room on its own accord. They experienced other types of communication methods from the spirits. During seances, they would hear unexplained sounds, such as rapping, scratching, instruments playing, and, in the piano's case, moving. People at the seance also experienced physical evidence, such as pinching, tugging of hair and clothing, and so on. This was very much part of the healing process for Mary Todd Lincoln. She once confided in her half sister, telling her, quote, Willie lives. He comes to me every night and stands at the foot of the bed with the same sweet, adorable smile that he always has had. He does not always come alone. Little Eddie is sometimes with him. Unquote. Now, remember, you guys, Eddie is their first child who passed away to be visited by the spirits of her deceased sons i mean it was so exhilarating physically yeah they're gone but spiritually eddie and willie were very much there and no one could take that away some tried after word got out of white house seances and president lincoln taking part harsh criticism showed its ugly little head Word around 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue was that Abe didn't join because he believed, but because he was more worried and concerned about Mary and certain mediums that she invited into the White House and into their lives. One such medium was a man named Lord Colchester, someone who claimed to be the illegitimate son of an English duke. He made Honest Abe so uneasy and uncomfortable, you guys, that he hired a friend, a journalist named Noah Brooks, who often visited the White House to look into this suspicious man. One night, Noah witnessed the seance and he described what he saw, quote, after the company had been seated around the table in the usual approved manner and the lights were turned out, the silence was broken by the thumping of a drum the twanging of a banjo, and the ringing of bells, all of which instruments had been laid on the table, ready for use. By some hocus-pocus, it was evident that Colchester had freed his hands from the hands of Hoos who sat on each side of him, and was himself making music in the air. Loosening my hands from my neighbors, who were unbelievers, I rose, and grasping in the direction of the beat, grabbed a very solid and fleshy hand in which was held a bell that was being thumped on a drum head. I shouted, STRIKE A LIGHT! My friend, after what appeared to be an unconscionable length of time, lighted a match, But, meanwhile, someone dealt me a severe blow with a drum, the edge of which cut a slight wound to my forehead. That bastard. Okay, I added the bastard part. Anyways. When the gas was finally lighted, the singular spectacle was presented of, quote, the son of the Duke, firmly grasped by a man whose forehead was covered with blood, while the arrested scion of nobility was glowering at the drum and bells which he still held in his hands. Okay, so turns out one so called medium, phony, Lord Colchester, was full of shit, and later he unsuccessfully tried to blackmail the First Lady. Huh, not the sharpest tool in the shed, not the coldest beer in the mug. Mm mm mm. Faithful Noah Brooks put that jerk back in his place again. Mary Todd continued to conduct seances throughout her life. Sure, there was a fake in the mix. Okay, yeah, that's like that today too. I've dealt with mediums who actually have only dealt with one phony medium, but still, it's always going to be some bad apples. But they did experience some unexplained happenings as well. Let's talk about a dream that Abe had. In early 1865, not too long before his murder, he had a dream that left him chilled to the bone, more like a premonition. Lincoln confided in his friend, Ward Hill Lamon who was his former law partner and sometimes bodyguard. And here is the eerie dream he had shared in his words. Quote, About ten days ago, I retired very late. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me. Then, I heard subdued sobs. (laughs) No, no. "'as if a number of people were weeping. "'I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. "'I arrived at the East Room. "'Before me was a catafalque "'on which rested a corpse "'wrapped in a funeral vestments. "'Around it were stationed soldiers "'who were acting as guards, "'and there was a throng of people, "'some gazing mournfully upon the corpse.' whose face covered, others weeping pitifully. Who is dead in the White House, I demanded of one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. And, of course, the almighty doppelganger encounter. On the night of his first election, Abel Lincoln was relaxing on his couch after a very, very long day of hard work. He's been working his tushy off. He needed a break. So he was just relaxing. And he turns and happened to look in the mirror where he swears he saw not one, but two faces. His doppelganger was pale looking, ghostly. Looking back at him from the mirror, surprised and quite shocked, he jumped off the couch in which the ghostly double disappears. When he sits back down, it happens again. When he told Mary about this really creepy encounter, she saw it as a bad omen, telling him that he was going to basically die. So this is a quote that I found from Lincoln describing the incident. It was just after my election in 1860 when the news had been coming in thick and fast all day and there had been a great hurrah boys so that I was well tired out and went home to rest throwing myself down on a lounge in my chamber opposite where I lay was a bureau with a swinging glass upon it and looking in that glass I saw myself reflected nearly at full length but my face I noticed had two separate and distinct images, the tip of the nose of one being about three inches from the tip of the other. I was a little bothered, perhaps startled, and got up and looked in the glass, but the illusion vanished. On lying down again, I saw it a second time, plainer, if possible, than before. And then I noticed that one of the faces was a little paler, I would say five shades than the other. I got up, and the thing just melted away, and I went off, and in the excitement of the hour, forgot all about it, nearly, but not quite, for the thing would come in a while and come up and give me a little pang, as if something uncomfortable had happened. When I went home again that night, I told my wife about it, and a few days afterward, I made the experiment again, when, ha, sure enough, the thing came back again. But I never succeeded in bringing the ghost back after that, though I once tried, very industriously, to show it to my wife, who was somewhat worried about it. She thought it was a sign that I was to be elected to a second term of office, and that the paleness of one of the faces was an omen that I should not see life through the last term. Well, and history is written on the rest, you guys. You know, we know that April 14th, 1865, Washington, D.C., Ford's Theater, President Abe Lincoln is enjoying watching Our American Cousin. Enter soon-to-be murderer John Wilkes Booth. Lincoln suffers a shot to the head And the following day he dies, becoming the first American president to be assassinated. One thing you don't want to be first in. The president's murder was part of a larger conspiracy. Intending to revive the Confederate cause, President Lincoln was not the only intended target. Secretary of State William Seward and Vice President Andrew Johnson were also part of this murderous, horrendous plan. But we know that did not happen. Seward was hurt, yes, but not fatally. And the VP, well, his would-be attacker, thankfully lost his nerve and backed out. And he came out unscathed. The conspirators paid the ultimate price, though. Booth was killed during a 12-day manhunt. And four others were hanged. One of those to be hanged was Mary Elizabeth Jenkins Surratt. Making her... The first woman to be executed by the United States federal government. A few years after Abe's assassination, Mary Todd visited a self-proclaimed spirit photographer named William Mumler. Many cried fake, a wannabe, a lot of skepticism was floating around this man, but Mary didn't care. She yearned to have a photo taken of her and her dearly departed, A photo can be seen online where it shows Mary Todd Lincoln sitting down and Abe's translucent apparition is seen standing behind her, lovingly looking down at her. A hand is placed on each of her shoulders. To this day, Abraham Lincoln is the most well-known spirit haunting the old White House. I'd like to think that he is reunited with Mary Todd and his children, and together they remain in the White House. It was shortly after his death that rumors started circulating that he is haunting the White House. Several people have seen his apparition in the Lincoln bedroom, go figure, and the yellow oval room. What's kind of neat is that supposedly (laughs) Winston Churchill, Queen Wilhelmina, Probably said that wrong. My bad. And First Lady Grace Coolidge have all claimed to have encountered Lincoln's spirit. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, guys. They're equally awesome. Have you missed any of the episodes? (coughs) And that adorable little cry, my friends, just a side note, is... Sweet Annie and Brendan, who were on the Mothman episode. Yes, they had their baby a day before that episode hit. And that is the little baby crying. So adorable. Just throwing that out there. But anyways, no need to cry. Check out the others, you guys. Subscribe now. You could go through CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Republic, Deezer, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You know what, you guys? Basically, wherever you go to listen to your other amazing podcasts, you'll find Paranormal Prowlers podcast, probably. (laughs) Want to be a guest on the podcast? Want your own episode? Sure you do. You have some supernatural or paranormal experiences, encounters, investigations, or adventures to share? Don't waste another second, you guys. Email me now at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. See you next week. Poor girl, poor girl, lay dead upon the ground. Poor girl, poor girl, her head was never found.